podcast where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Brian Benator. Coach Benator is an assistant coach at the University of West Florida. We talked to him today about asking for more responsibility, building relationships, being better than networking, and that your integrity is the most important thing you have. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. I appreciate you having me. Coach Benator, I really do appreciate your time. I know we're, we're, we're pushing the time right here kind of late, but, uh, you know, here again, your willingness to be on and contribute, I do appreciate it. I know, uh, you know, you guys are busy out there, West Florida, uh, getting started with practices and, and, and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, I want to I want to hear your perspective, and I'm looking forward to everything that uh, – you know, we're going to share today. So I want to start off like I start off every podcast coach in that. How were you introduced to the game coming out of uh, Georgia? Sure. Well, I, you know, before we get in, again, I appreciate you having me. I always look forward to talking, talking, not, uh, you know, about the game and how we can make an impact on the game. Uh, just always fun learning, you know, every time we get to talk about it. But, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, my dad, he was into every single sport whether it was basketball, baseball, softball, you know, as an adult football. And I just kind of followed him around when I was a kid. And, you know, he was my coach for everything from when I was as young as I can remember. And, uh, you know, I did, I, I played everything. I did football. I did, I did basketball. I did baseball. Uh, I did, you know, tennis, golf, the whole smash. But I, I kind of gravitated towards basketball. Uh, you know, I love the fast pace of it. You know, some of those other sports that you know you play when you're younger, you know, they'd stop and you know wait 30 seconds, and then yeah. you had a pitch or another play. Yeah. You know, basketball it was it was up and down. You you were ripping and running, and you know I just felt like that was the place that I could make an impact you know, the most of all the sports I played. Uh, you know, as a team more than anything. So I just gravitated towards it, and a bunch of my buddies played it, and that's just kind of where I started to really fall in love with it. So, coach. What was your experience as a player as far as at the basket, you know, the game of basketball? What was your experience like going from high school and beyond? Sure. Well, I, you know, and as I mentioned, I kind of gravitated towards basketball, but I really didn't gravitate towards it until a little bit later. Um, about probably seventh or eighth grade is when I really started to focus on it. And unfortunately, because of that, I was a little bit behind in terms of my skill development and physical development yeah. uh, from some of my buddies. You know, they've been playing since they were you know, they had been focusing on basketball since they were, you know, third, fourth grade, yeah. um, you know, on all the on the elementary and middle school teams we had in, in the area in, in, in Marietta, Georgia. Um, you know, and I didn't develop, like I said, a little you know, physically until a little bit later. So fast forward to kind of my, my years as a varsity player, uh, you know, was having a great summer going into my junior year, getting ready to roll. And at a camp, I had a, uh, a horrendous ankle injury that pretty much wiped out my junior year. Wow. And I never really felt, you know, had surgery and came back and, and was cleared to play, but never really felt comfortable enough to, to be the guy that I thought I could be. And yeah. So, like I said, my junior year was kind of wiped out. 
you know, came back as a senior uh, on a team that was very experienced. Uh, we were very guard heavy. We had eight seniors. Um, so I was really kind of behind the eight ball, you know, in large part because I missed that junior year. And uh, like I said, just I was behind those guys that had been in the program for a long time. And um, But, you know, I knew my job was to make an impact more practice than anything else. And, you know, I was okay with that. I was okay with that. I love being a part of the team. I, my, some of my best friends to this day were on that team. So it was great being with them. And, you know, I wanted to get our starters and our rotation guys, I wanted to get them ready to play. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, like I mentioned, we had eight seniors. So me and another good friend of mine, we were the two seniors who were kind of the oddball, you know, God guys out. And so, like I said, our job was to play as hard as we could in practice and challenge the guys in front of us and, and get them ready to play, you know, every night. You know, I made my mark defensively and you know, as a point guard defensively in front of the team. You know, I was the good Lord never blessed me with a really good jump shot, so I didn't get max when I missed, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, therefore I didn't take many of them. So, yeah. but I took so much pride defense. I took so much pride defensively and yeah. and running the point and making sure guys knew what they were supposed to be doing. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I had a terrific experience. We weren't a great team. We were in a really really tough region with a lot of guys who who went on to play, you know, high-level Division One. We had a couple of NBA guys. Josh Smith comes to mind wow. that we played against. Jamario um, Davidson, who played with the Golden State Warriors yeah. a little bit, played uh, college Alabama. Um, we had some really good players on our league. So we unfortunately didn't have a great record, but we had a great experience. And, and we still talk about we still talk about some of the things that, that we did uh, during our years as varsity, you know, as varsity players. But uh, like I said, I knew when that last buzzer sounded my senior year, uh, that was it in terms of my playing career. So, yeah. but it was great, and like I said, we still look back, and it was a lot of fun. You know, Coach, uh, I kind of had the same experience my junior year exactly in high school. Went through a crazy ankle injury. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was an unbelievable sprain, and uh, it happened during football season. Jumped back in for the state championship game, re-injured it. Man, I was out for all of basketball track because I was a football basketball track guy. And, uh, man, I missed everything my junior year. And so, yeah, I, I really relate to that, that story and that, that kind of idea that, you know, you had to kind of consider different aspects of the game now. And then you talked about kind of your leadership. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you talk about your leadership on the court. I caught the coaching bug at 15, man. I mean, I started coaching CYO basketball so because I, I, I kind of had to take a step back from things. And so you talked about your leadership on the court almost like a coach on the court, I think which is what you're explaining to me. And so that kind of prepared you. So given that coach, who influenced you to go into coaching? Well, it's funny. I, I knew there's not necessarily a certain person. You know, I knew I wanted to be in basketball. Yeah. And to be honest, initially I wanted to be an agent, uh, a guy who went, you know, worked in the front office for an NBA team. And I knew I wanted to be in basketball. Yeah. Um, I went to the University of Georgia during my undergraduate years. I worked a little bit in the uh, in the football recruiting office. Again, just knew it was going to be an athletic. Uh, the graduate assistant um, at Georgia was a guy named Jay McCauley, who's now the head coach at Wofford. Yeah. Uh, Jay went to our rival high school uh, back home, and he was two years older than me. We had a couple of mutual contacts. We, you know, knew of each other. We weren't friends or anything like that. But uh, I just reached out to him and said, I, hey, I, you know, I really want to contribute, you know, as a student assistant or volunteer manager, whatever, whatever role you'll, you'll have me. Yeah. And he immediately wrote back and, and said, come on and help us. And so, you know, the, the 07, 08 year at Georgia, uh, I was the student manager. 
that was the year we won the uh, the, the SEC championship, tournament championship, in four you know, four games in three days, which was an unbelievable thing. And but but the guys on that staff, you know, Coach you know, Dennis Felton was our head coach, and uh, obviously he's had a really terrific career and assistant up at uh, at Fordham now. And and Pete Herman, who just retired recently, is the head coach of Young Harris, who I ended up working for for two years uh, before I came to West Florida. Uh, Desmond Oliver, who's currently an assistant at Tennessee. And then Mike Jones, who's the head coach at Radford. So we had a really, really good staff. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to your question, who kind of influenced you? I, I really somehow, you know, really connected with Pete Herman. And I just, I loved his enthusiasm for the game and, and how he taught and how he connected with players. And he was a guy that I always worked with in practice. And, you know, he was a guy that was always giving me stuff to do in the office, whether it was cutting film or, or, or doing different things to help him out. And, and like I said, he was a guy that I kind of gravitated toward and, I just I really enjoyed how he connected with those kids and how he taught and the enthusiasm that he brought to the game. Uh, and I've been really fortunate to work with some really good guys, and I've taken a lot from all of them. You know, you know, Coach Herman was obviously has obviously been a really big influence for me, and then and then John Shulman, who I worked for at, at Tennessee Chattanooga, who's now the head coach at uh, Alabama Huntsville in our league. Uh, you know, those are two of probably my biggest mentors that taught me the most and, and really influenced me in my career along the way. That's fantastic, Coach. So you talk about your experience as a manager, the great run y'all had there, and then, you know, as a GA and then an ops guy, you know, you, you've, you've kind of gone through the, you know, kind of the progression of that and then now an assistant at West Florida, like you said. Uh, you know, what's that been like for you as far as an experience? Because, each of our experiences lead us to something to getting better every day at some aspect of our careers. Sure. How did that help you with yours? Absolutely. Well, and, and when I was at Georgia, that's when I started working with coach Herman and the team, that that's when I knew I was going to coach, you know, I, wow. I always said, you know, I said goodbye to the agency in front of this, you know, gig. <laughs> I, I wanted to coach. I just, I love yeah. the game. I just felt that was a really cool way to connect, stay connected to the game and, and, and make an impact on young people. And, uh, you know, I, I made sure the biggest thing for me was I made sure that in all those positions, whether it was a manager or a graduate assistant, and when I was an operations guy at Chattanooga, I made sure that all those coaches that I worked for, I wanted them to know that, hey, I, I want to be a head coach. I want to be a Division One head coach. So, I, you know, and that was, you know, when I was 22, 23, 24 years old. So I wanted them to know that so that they could give me as much responsibility you know, on top of what I already had, that you know, within the scope of the rules, of course, that, that I could do for as as, as an assistant coach. Uh, you know, at, at North Georgia, my first year in coaching, I was a graduate assistant, and a lot of guys don't don't know this, and, and some do, but you know, when you're a graduate assistant at Division Two level, you can do anything. You're essentially an assistant coach, and yeah. I thought that was great for me because I never forget walking in the office, uh, the assistant coach at the time who was a guy named Josh Travis, you know, a great friend to, to this day. He hands me a list of players that I've never seen, that they went out and recruited, you know, in the summer. I got the job in August. He handed me a list of players and he said, call them, call them. <laughs> and I was, I was scared to death. So I was going to screw this up. And, Cold calls, but yeah. I tell you what it, but I tell you what it did. It got me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. And it, it taught me how to, taught me how to connect with young people. And I was 22 at the time. So I still felt like I could connect with them, but yeah. there's always that first call that you make a call and it is, <laughs> it's, it's that awkward silence, but <laughs> no, I, you know, it, it was great because I got to do everything from, 
uh, recruiting to scouting to breaking down film to doing individual workouts to planning the travel. I mean, there were so many things I got to do that first year that a lot, a lot of people get to do yeah. uh, when they're 22, 23 years old. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and as we kind of like you mentioned the progression, when I got to Chattanooga as director of operations, obviously I couldn't do anything on the floor, couldn't be out on the road recruiting, but Coach Schulman, I, you know, I made it known to him how I wanted to be, I want to coach. So he gave me as much as he could, obviously within the scope of, of what I was allowed to do, um, that, that kind of prepared me for, you know, job at Young Harris and my job here at West Florida. So it, it was terrific. Yeah, Terrific coach, in those experiences. Yeah, you, certain programs you have to wear many hats. Certain programs, Absolutely. certain programs like you talked about, you're going to be limited, but you can learn from each Absolutely. opportunity that you have and each bit of responsibility and account. You know, you talked about being uncomfortable. You know, those that progression kind of had to teach you. You know, I got to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. There's a lot of first in those type of settings where it's like, okay, this is the first time I've ever done that. First time I've ever done that. Then it becomes a habit. And now you do it and you're well prepared. Whereas let's say you would have just been shot to the top. You, you 24 years old. I want to be a vision one head coach. You get, you find favor with somebody, you know, you, you know, whatever, however the case is, and you get shot up to the top. That time at the top may not last very long because you don't have, you, you didn't, uh, how do you say, you didn't get your feet wet. First of all, and you're still yellow, as they say, here here in Texas or in the South, you know, you're still yelling. You don't have what you need. You know, you don't have that uh, self-awareness, the wherewithal, the tools that you would have gained coming through that progression that you did. So I think that's, you know, here again, yeah. your, your perspective is much wider and broader than have, had you gotten exactly what you wanted from the beginning. Uh, so, you know, there's no there's no substitute for that experience, Coach. So that's great. So I, I would ask you this, Coach, seeing as you've been here again, gone, going through everything that you've done, because uh, a lot of our listeners, we have form, you know, former players that are wanting to get into the game at the coaching level. We've got, I've got current players that DM me, and they're like, hey, can you have somebody on that? Or can you refer me to any specific episode that gives me advice on how to you know, get into the coaching business? So I would ask you, Coach, what advice would you give to younger aspiring coaches who desire to get into the coaching profession? Sure. And, and, you know, you hear so much in this profession, you hear networking. And, you know, when I was younger, you know, yeah, it was about networking. Yeah. But as I got older, it's, it's not about networking. It's about relationship building. Definitely. Um, networking is so formal. It's so, to me, in, in my mind, it's like, you know, a handshake and, you know, very professional. And I just, it's that too formal for me. you got to build a relationship. Yeah. you got to create and cultivate and build those relationships. They're not easy to do. They take time. Yeah. But, and, and to be honest, it's hard to stay in touch with every single person in this business. <laughs> if I, True. you know, if I, if I, if I said hello to everybody I met, you know, and, you know, in this business over my 12 plus years, I wouldn't get anything done. So it's yeah. hard to do that. But I think the biggest thing is you have to create and build relationships. And I think you have to, you know, align with really good people, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes you don't know that on the front end, but you know, you got to connect with really good people that 
your value, your core values as an individual align with. So, you know, and, and kind of piggybacking on that, you know, how do you get into the business? And a lot of people, you know, the old, the old school days of working camp to, to get in the business are, are not nearly what they used to be. Unfortunately, that's how I got in. That's how yeah. I got in. And that's how I got to Chattanooga. But unfortunately those are, are not around anymore. There are some really great, there are some really great organizations. Um, rising coaches elite is terrific. They, they yeah. were, they yeah. were started. You know, I know those guys very well, Adam and, yeah. and Andy and, and like all Mike Klein, Trey Meyer, all those guys, we were all kind of coming up together. We've all, you know, gone in separate ways, but they did a, they did a terrific job with that. And then Adam, I know is running full time. You know, that's a great organization for young guys to connect with, go to their conference, go to the social at the final four. Yeah. That's another one. Go to the final four, yeah. go to the final four. I, when the final four was in Dallas, we drove 10 hours from, or 12 hours from Young Harris, Georgia to, to Dallas yeah. just to go and, and, and meet new people and, and hang out with old people that we've met. And uh, I think that's a great thing to do. It's just that's because everybody's there and, you know, you, you can just run into some pe- somebody, you know, someone you don't know, introduce yourself. That's, you know, we talked, we talked about it a second ago, get, you know, get, uncom- get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, those are some things that I think, you know, young guys can, can really help themselves and, and, and there have been guys that have done that to me. There have been some younger guys that I'm at the Final Four at a, at a breakfast or something, and a guy just he just comes up and says hello to me, and and I'll remember that. I mean, there's guys that, you know, like I said, they've done that. I remember that, and I'll I'll remember that as I continue to, to to move around in this business. And those are guys I'll stay in touch with, and if there's an opportunity presents itself to to bring them aboard because I know what they stand for, and they did a great job of of, of building that relationship. Yeah, you know, yeah, I like what you're saying there, Coach. And I really, you know, I can attest to that or testify to that, I should say, because, you know, we had the Final Four down here in San Antonio a couple years back. Mm -hmm. And a good number of coaches that I have on this podcast I connected with. We had connected over the phone prior, uh, but that week, you know, we got together. They were in my hometown on my home turf. And got to really spend time with them and, and really connect because I'm a relational guy no matter what, whether it's coaches, people. I love people. And so, yeah, that's great advice. You know, rising coaches, here again with Adam, uh, Brandon Rosenthal, who I initially connected with, that's that's connected to him as well. That, that's great advice, yep. Coach. It really is because those are good people well, and they're looking to help as well. Well, and when you're building those relationships, they, they need to be – they don't need to be transactional. It doesn't right. need to be. Uh, I only call you when I need something, yeah. and I think a lot of times coaches are guilty of that. Yeah. We're we're probably all guilty of that in some capacity. True, but it really needs to take an effort of being more transformational, where you're yeah. really, you know, that's something that goes beyond basketball. I, I will say this. Let me tack this on, if you don't mind. I, no, I think so for young guys too. I think you you better be able to connect with these kids, yeah. and as a young guy, <laughs> most likely you are. But but you better be able to connect with these players. You better be able to coach them. You better be able to teach them how to play the game. And you better teach them how to play the game of life. Yeah. You know, so many times we as assistants are viewed as recruiters. Yeah. And we, that is our number one job. I know that. I know that is our number one job. I'm not oblivious to that. But you better be able to, con- to coach the kids and earn their trust. Uh, I, I think it's so important. You know, early August I worked a, a clinic uh, with, with with Coach Shulman, actually, who was running uh, the, the 720 uh, sports group. And, and the mm-hmm. clinic was teaching young coaches how to coach. 
Wow. And I thought that was such a really neat thing to wow. do. Yeah, um, that's but great. that's another thing I think that's so important, so important for younger guys who want to get in the business. You better learn how to coach. You better learn how to connect with kids. Great advice, coach. And then going back to what you said about being transformational, not transactional, be authentic as well. Let those relationships be authentic. Absolutely. Because without that, you just got, you know, here again, it goes back to networking. You know, it's just, uh, it's just a suit and a business card. And, uh, oh, yeah, 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 see you later. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 just email me. Yeah, 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 just call me. And if they were to call you the next second, or you were to try to call them the next second, would they, would they even answer? They, you know what I mean? Stuff like that where it's Absolutely. like you don't want those dry relationships. You don't want those relationships sure. that, that just they're not substantial. And so, yeah, great stuff, sure. Coach. Uh, I know somebody's going to be, you know, blessed by what you just said because uh, that's really some good insight. So, Coach, what do you feel like you bring to the table there at West Florida to help fulfill Coach Burkhammer's vision for the program? Well, I think, you know, there's, you know, there's intangibles, I think, every assistant coach that have, and I put a lot of value into them, and that's obviously bringing a strong work ethic every day, you know, having a great attitude, having enthusiasm every day, you know, a, a burning desire to, to get better every day, and, and a competitive fire. I think those are things that I, I've brought to every program I've, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of and every coach I've been fortunate enough to work for. But I think that, that you know, with, with Coach Burkhammer, the big picture was, you know, for me, it, it, I want to make sure I serve our players every day. You know, yeah, we want to win a lot of games and we want to build a, a, a program based on those intangibles that I talked about, hard work and, and, and competing. But I really want to teach these guys how to be a good father, good husband, yeah. good citizen. I want to teach them how to work hard and compete on a daily basis. I want to teach them how to be reliable, responsible to their teammates, their coaches. And I really, you know, we want to prepare them for life after basketball. Everything yeah. that we do in our program is going to connect to what they're going to experience in the game of life. And if you're not do if you're not doing those things on the basketball court, then you're going to struggle to do those things in life. And that's we we preach that to them every day. We preach that to them every day. So, you know, like I said, it's it, you know, two years ago we went twenty eight and four. We won the league. We got we did so many great things. Uh, for the program that had never been done before. But the big picture was, what are those guys who were on that team and teams before that and teams that, what are they doing now? How have we impacted their life? You know, there's a handful of those guys who are playing professionally and living out their dreams. I think we helped them get there, teaching them about hard work and, and, and being reliable. There's there's a couple of our guys that are engaged and getting ready to get married and, and some that are married and going to have children and, you know, have we taught them to be good husbands and good fathers? I, I, I sure hope so. If we didn't, then we didn't do our job. Definitely. You know, at the end of the day, if we yeah. didn't do that, we didn't do our job. Yeah. But I, I think that's what we try to do. I know Coach Burkhammer is a father of two, and uh, you know I'm a, I'm, I've got a 18 month old son. So if we're not doing that job to, to help our players with that big picture stuff, then, then we're not being true coaches. But that's what we try to do every day. Yeah, you know, Coach, you're saying a lot right there, and it's speaking volumes, I think, to every coach who really is looking for a, uh, I don't know, a mission within the profession. If you're looking for a real mission, prepare these guys for life after basketball. Prepare them, you know, Coach, mm-hmm. like yourself. One day some of these guys may have a, a Jacob, like your son, in their life. 
you know, Melissa, your wife, you, they may have a wife, they may have people depending on them, people looking up to them, people really holding them accountable in a sense. And will they be able to rise to that challenge? So if you challenge them now and you kind of get into their, their mentality now and find out where they're at and prepare them accordingly, then when they have the wife and the child and the house and the bills, <laughs> They won't fold under that pressure Absolutely. because that's big time coach. Absolutely. It's big time for young people. So, you know, here again, talking about family and how important that is. Cause I'm all about the family. Like my family means everything, you know, only thing I put ahead of my family is God. And so how do you manage your family time coach with such a busy schedule? Well, and you said you just made a mention of it. It's it's so important. It's it's right there. If it's not the first thing on your list, you know that in your face, and you know then you have your head examined. But uh, you know, <laughs> being a coach's yeah. wife and being a coach's family, you know, it, it's not easy. Yeah. And you know, I know that my wife Melissa knows that. And, and unfortunately, you hear in this profession so many stories that that don't end how it's supposed to end because yeah. basketball took over. And I've always said, I, I don't want to be one of those stories. Yeah. And my wife and I talk about, we talk about the profession. We talk about every possible opportunity. Uh, we're very open about it. Um, but I, I make a really, a really a concentrated effort to be present with my family uh, as, as much as we can within the scope of what we do. Yeah. And every case is different. You have to figure out what works for you. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Coach Schumann always says this, and he always said this to me. He said, it's not going to matter at the end of the day how many games you won or who you signed. It's going to be about who you are as a person. You know, that's that's what matters. So I got to be the best version of myself to my wife, to my son, to my parents, to my family. Um, So, I, you know, you have to figure out what works for you. So for me, you know, when I'm not in the office and when I'm home and, and Jake's awake and Melissa's awake, I'm, I'm not coaching. I'm being, yeah. I'm being dad. I'm being husband. Uh, I'm playing you know, with Jake, with our dog, and you know, we're doing family stuff. We're going to be, I'm going to be present. You know, yeah. when he goes to sleep, I'm hanging out with my wife. You know, she's yeah. a, a middle, elementary school teacher. We're going to have a family go. dinner, sit down. We're going to talk about life. Uh, when, you know, the day winds down and, and she, she calls the night, you know, if there's work to be done, I'm working. I'm yeah. working. That's kind of how I do my balance. Um, you know, like I said, everything's different. You got to find what works for you. You know, yeah. You know, I do something where we have games. You know, we have home games. I'm I'm taking off and I'm going to take my family to lunch. You know, I'll come back because you know once I'm back for you know walk through and pregame, I'm there. I'm there till ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. So wow. I try to make sure that during those game days, that's just something that we've done. We developed ever since Jake was born. We've done that as a family. I think it's really important. Yeah, you no, have to keep your family involved. Definitely, uh, I think coach. it's important. You got to keep them involved. You got to you got to keep involved. You know when it's you know when it's appropriate. I'll bring Jake to practice. I'll bring him to the <laughs> office. Um, and, and the reason I do those things is again I go back to what I mentioned earlier. I'm trying to teach my players how to be a man, a father, a husband. So I got to show them the example. You know, so I try to keep my family involved in our program as much as possible. And, and Coach Burkhammer, you know, like every coach I've worked for, has been all for that. So it's been great having, having, being able to do that. Yeah, when you have that kind of uh, work environment, like you talk about Coach Burkhammer really allows that. That's awesome, man, because you, you know it's, it's like you said, 
you prepare the players for life after basketball, you got to model it for them too. Like model it, you know, the family model that if you're going to preach family, you better show family because if you don't, as a coach, you say, well, we're a family. We all got to be together. We got to family comes first. We got to be there for each other, all that. And you don't do it yourself. You become a joke and everybody's, (laughs) you'll be the butt of everybody's joke too. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's, it's really, really important. And props to your wife, man, for being an elementary teacher. That's a grind, bro. I mean, that's like super, like I've, I've been in education for a long time and I serve as an assistant principal. And I give so much props to the elementary teacher, to the middle school teacher, and to the high school teacher because that's a war of attrition. And so, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good stuff, man. Yeah, she uh, she's tough. She's tough. She enjoys it. She, you know, just like I'm trying to make an impact on our players, she does. I give her so much credit yeah. for the impact she makes on those kids. And a completely different type of coaching, completely different type of uh, of mentoring. But yeah. she, uh, I testament to her and her character. She does a great job with it. Awesome stuff, Coach. So when you talk, we I always like to think that coaches, we think about adding value to the teams that we're a part of adding value to our players' lives, adding value to the organization or the institutions that we're a part of. Uh, but then I think about, if I'm adding value, what do I value? So, Coach, what do you value the most about your career? Well, we've, we've talked that it's kind of been the, you know, one of the key points we've talked about it is the relationship. And that's with your coaches, your fellow staffers, your players, your administration. Uh you know, I think the relationships and stories that come out of coaching and sports, you know, I don't know if there's another industry that you can get with it. Just, and it, it seems like every year there are stories that just, they, they tug at your heart as a human being because of something that you did while you were coaching that player. Yeah. And we hear it all the time. So to me, it's about, that. that's what I value the most. I'm still connected with guys that I coached 12 years ago. Yeah. Guy, you know, that, you know, and like I said, we said it before. Winning is what we're all trying to do. Bottom line, we're trying to win. The bottom line results. But there, and there are certain things that I will never forget when we produced on the floor. I mean, I will always remember those those moments. But I also remember just as much, you know, stuff with my former players, whether it be getting a call or a text about, uh, you know, a birth of, of a child or, you know, getting a new job or. Even if you say hello, I mean, I, yeah. you know, just some of the things that have, you know, since we've been at West Florida, I mean, I've had a player that played for me at Chattanooga, uh, him and his wife and their two sons, they, they were down visiting, they were in Pensacola during our team camp and they just came over to hang out and wow. he didn't tell me. And, you know, we had, we had a good relationship at Chattanooga, but he, you know, we always text. I text them on birthday. That's one thing I always try to do. I always try to text every single player that plays me on their birthday. Let them know I'm thinking about them. Hope they're having a great day. Um, I always try to text guys on Christmas, Thanksgiving. Right. You know, on top of just random occasions. But yeah. you know, just stuff like that, stories like that. I mean, I've had some guys come to to, to games when we've been on the road where where they maybe live. But those are the things to me that I value, and I think. You know, we talk about relationships with the players, the little things matter. You know, we yeah. always talk about on the floor, little things matter. I think little things matter when you're talking about relationships with, with the people in this business. 
Definitely. Uh, so so th- that's what I value. It's just, you know, I value everything, of course, on the floor and winning and, and, the, and the championships and the rings and all those things I value, you know, from a, from a tangible aspect. But the intangible things and relationships, you know, you just, they're, they're incredible. And, and they're, they're, they're those are things I'll keep with me until I'm on my deathbed. Definitely, Coach. I, I like what you said. The little things matter because you, you can take, it takes years to build trust. It takes a long time to build a relationship authentically like we talked about. But if you're not paying attention to the little things and you're not being intentional with the little things, you can easily ruin a relationship in one day, in one setting, in one week, in one season. I mean, it, it just, it's hard. It's hard to, to, to be intentional every day about relational things, but you have to. It really is because you've got so much Absolutely. going on, but always got to be cognizant and mindful of those things. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up, Coach. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every guest because I feel like it's so important. And you've got a long ways to go in this in this game, in this profession. But I, I hope so. Yeah, I, no, sure hope so. I, I believe so, Coach. And so kind of a working legacy is what I want to ask you about, something that you're, the steps you're taking right now to leave a legacy and, and how you would, you would go about that. So, you know, Coach, what's your legacy? What do you want it to be when your career is all over? Well, I, I want to be known as someone who did the right way, and who did it with integrity, uh, with enthusiasm, someone who worked his tail off, didn't take shortcuts, uh, you know, somebody who cared about those kids, you know, someone who really, at the end of the day, was all about them, you know, helping them more than them helping you. Uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes this profession can paint a really nasty picture, and especially in this day and age with all the things going on out in the media, and, yeah. and we all know what we're talking about. Um, but there are so many great coaches and great men in this industry, and we all know who who and the majority of them of us, us are. And there's so many good guys, and we all know some of the the, the the guys that stand out. But you know, I hope that you know, like you said, talking about legacy, I hope that you know when I'm when when I blow the whistle for the last time, that that my name's gonna be in that conversation. I hope. Um, but again, I just to me is like I go back to I, I want to be. I've always been. I learned from my dad and my mom from, you know, when I was born and old enough to walk, talk, remember, even until now, that, you know, your integrity is the most important thing to you. And I've all, you know, I say this now, I will never do anything in this profession that will scar my last name, my wife's name, my son's name, my name. Um, So I guess I don't want that legacy to be known as, as someone who does things the right way for the right reasons and, and it's all about you know making an impact on those kids doing the right thing when no one's watching doing the right thing when everyone's watching just doing the right thing that's integrity coach yeah you got it man that's good stuff so coach again I, I thank you for your time man really really important to me uh that we get your perspective every coach that comes on that we get their perspectives and see what lens they're they're looking at this thing through because we can all use uh second opinion, if you will. You all use a different perspective and see where, where this game is really headed because it benefits us, benefits the players, it benefits the institutions, it benefits families, it benefits future families like we talked about too, Coach. So thank you so much for your time, Coach, for making the time, for taking the time. I, I really do appreciate it. Coach, it's my pleasure. I enjoyed it. And I enjoy it. I, I appreciate what you're doing and I think we can all learn from what you're doing and like you said, get different perspectives and I look forward to 
continuing to listen and, and staying in touch. Likewise, Coach. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. Know that you are appreciated. So please take the time to listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47 Here again, all of this I thank you for. Please leave a rating, subscribe, follow, leave feedback. Uh, this is your platform. So, you know, take ownership of it. And here again, you are appreciated. So thank you.